0: section 11 of a failure of initiative this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by richard ship a failure of initiative final report of the select bipartisan committee to investigate the preparation for and response to hurricane katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Pre-Landfall Preparation and Katrina's Impact, Part 2 Establishment of Command and Safeguarding of Assets The state of Louisiana took a number of steps to prepare for the arrival of Hurricane Katrina, including getting the EOC up and running with its full staff complement by the afternoon of Friday, August twenty-sixth. The EOC conducted communications checks with all the state agencies and parishes on Thursday, August 25th, four days before landfall. The state EOC then began holding regular conference calls with other state agencies, key parishes, federal agencies, other states and the Red Cross to coordinate pre-landfall activities among all the different authorities. These calls began at 5 p.m. on Friday, August 26th, with five calls on Saturday, four calls on Sunday, and a final call Monday morning as the storm hit but before communications went out. In addition, several state agencies moved key assets northward, stockpiled critical supplies, positioned teams to do post-landfall damage assessments or otherwise prepared for the hurricane. The Louisiana Department of Fish and Wildlife coordinated with the Louisiana National Guard in advance to get boats placed on trailers and pre-positioned at Jackson Barracks in New Orleans in anticipation of flooding and the need for waterborne search and rescue. There were also preparations at the parish level. As noted, the parishes participated in conference calls with the State. Plaquemines Parish, one of the southern parishes most exposed to the storm parked vehicles on high ground gathered administrative records and moved them north transferred prisoners to upstate facilities and set up an emergency command post in a local high school jefferson parish part of metropolitan new orleans also took a number of preparatory steps according to emergency management director walter maestri they implemented their doomsday plan to hunker down in their eOC with a skeleton crew to minimize the number of people exposed to the hurricane's damage. the Louisiana National Guard, Lang and other state agencies went on alert and began staging personnel and equipment by saturday august twenty eighth the day prior to landfall. The Lang had prepositioned nine thousand seven hundred and ninety two mres and thirteen thousand four hundred and forty litres of water at the superdome the shelter of last resort the state also had positioned teams north out of harm's way prior to landfall and the first requests for emac teams were issued as well on saturday august 28th the new orleans regional transit authority rta fueled up its fleet based at its eastern new orleans facility and moved buses not providing service to higher ground on a wharf near downtown new orleans Buses that were providing regular service were also eventually moved to the wharf as well. Evacuations in Louisiana The state was actively involved in executing the southeast Louisiana evacuation plan, with the Department of Transportation and Development and the Louisiana State Police working to manage traffic and implement contraflow, making all highway lanes outbound to maximize traffic flow and minimize traffic jams. The Governor was personally involved in monitoring contraflow, which ran from Saturday at about 4 p.m. to Sunday at about 6 p.m. State officials coordinated the contraflow with the states of Mississippi and Texas since Louisiana interstates fed into these states. In a conference call at 6.30 a.m. Saturday morning, it was recommended that the evacuation plan for southeast Louisiana be implemented. The State began staging assets necessary to execute an evacuation, including alerting and activating National Guard troops, pre-deploying traffic cones and barriers to key locations, and coordinating plans among all of the parishes. Some parishes had already begun evacuation proceedings. By 6pm on Sunday, August 28th, traffic was light, so contraflow was halted but residents could still evacuate on the outbound lanes once the highways were returned to their normal configuration. Up to 1.2 million Louisiana residents followed the evacuation orders and evacuated themselves in their private vehicles. However, it later became apparent that thousands of residents, particularly in New Orleans, did not evacuate or seek shelter, but remained in their homes. The parishes began declaring evacuations on Saturday, August 27th at 9 a.m. These declarations had been coordinated among the state and parishes in advance as part of Louisiana's emergency evacuation plan, which calls for the most southern parishes to evacuate first so that as they drive north they do not encounter traffic bottlenecks in New Orleans or Baton Rouge. While some parishes, e.g. Plaquemines and St. Charles, began the process with mandatory evacuation orders, most parishes began with recommended evacuation orders and upgraded these to mandatory orders later on Saturday or Sunday. Some of the parishes farther north, e.g. St. Tammany and Tangipaho, declared mandatory evacuation orders only for residents living in low-lying areas or manufactured homes. Some parishes also asked non-governmental organizations to help evacuate those residents that did not have their own vehicles. Both New Orleans and Jefferson Parish have a program called Brother's Keeper, run by the parishes in conjunction with local churches and the Red Cross. According to Maestri, the parish had a phone bank in the EOC manned by volunteers that helped take the calls and match up riders with drivers once the evacuation was announced. By Sunday evening, most of the parishes reported empty streets and had declared dusk-to-dawn curfews. Emergency Shelters in Louisiana Louisiana also set up shelters as part of its evacuation plan. A sheltering task force led by the Department of Social Services and the Department of Health and Hospitals coordinated its activities with the State EOC and parishes through the aforementioned conference calls. Specific shelters were designated along the main evacuation routes, including both general population shelters and special needs shelters. These efforts were coordinated with both Mississippi and Texas, which set up shelters once Louisiana shelters began to fill. Several parishes also established shelters of last resort for residents that could not evacuate or had delayed leaving. Parish officials Ebert and Maestri told Select Committee staff they purposefully designate these shelters at the last minute so people will not use them as an excuse to avoid evacuation. New Orleans, which had already designated the Superdome as a shelter for the special needs population, also designated that facility as a shelter of last resort on Sunday, August 28th. The Louisiana National Guard pre-positioned 9,792 MREs and 13,440 liters of water at the Superdome. Also in New Orleans, the RTA began running special service from 12 sites across the city to take riders to the Superdome. The RTA also ran at least 10 paratransit vehicles to the Superdome and then on to the Baton Rouge area for special needs citizens. Each of these vehicles made at least two trips. All service ceased at approximately 7 p.m. Sunday night, approximately 11 hours before Katrina was due to make landfall, and as conditions worsened. Jefferson Parish also designated four facilities as shelters of last resort. According to Maestri, unlike the Superdome, these locations in Jefferson Parish did not have any prepositioned medical personnel or supplies, but they did have prepositioned food and water. Pre-landfall preparations by DOD, the National Guard, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and U.S. Coast Guard. DOD. In preparation for the last part of the 2005 hurricane season, the Secretary of Defense approved a standing order on August 19th that allowed the Commander, U.S. Northern Command, to use military installations and deploy Defense Coordinating Officers, DCO, as needed, to coordinate directly in support of FEMA in affected states. As the force provider to Northern Command, the US Joint Forces Command issued general instructions on August 20th on how it would task units in support of any Northern Command requests to support FEMA. On August 23rd, Northern Command began tracking the tropical depression that became Hurricane Katrina. On August 24th, the officer of the Secretary of Defense, OSD, Northern Command and the National Guard Bureau participated in a teleconference with FEMA on what would be needed to respond to Katrina joint forces command issued a warning order to military services to be ready to support requests for assistance northern command issued a similar warning order on august twenty fifth the day katrina struck florida as a category one storm on august twenty sixth northern command issued an execute order setting initial dod relief actions into motion the initial response was focused on florida but dco's were also activated for georgia alabama and mississippi on august 27th northern command received its first mission assignment from fema to provide barksdale air force base in louisiana as a federal operational staging area the same day the corps of engineers positioned teams and supplies in alabama louisiana and mississippi in new orleans the commander of the corps new orleans district evacuated most of his staff to alternate locations to be ready to respond when the storm passed Other active military units ordered similar evacuations of personnel and equipment. In addition, the Louisiana National Guard aviation officer requested helicopter support from the National Guard Bureau, and support was coordinated through the EMAC. On August 28, DCOs were deployed to Mississippi and Louisiana. Northern Command took several additional steps to organize military assets that might be needed, including deployment of Joint Task Force Forward eventually Joint Task Force Katrina, to Camp Shelby, Mississippi, and a general alert to DoD assets potentially needed, particularly aviation assets. On the day Katrina made landfall, August twenty-ninth, the Deputy Secretary of Defense led an 8.30 a.m. meeting to get damage assessment for DoD facilities and review resources that might be required from DoD to support hurricane relief the secretary of defense was briefed on dod's readiness and northern command issued several more alerts in anticipation of requests for assistance national guard at the beginning of each hurricane season national guard bureau ngb personnel participate in an interagency conference to assess potential response shortfalls and identify potential solutions that could be resolved through emac requests NGB Planners conducted this EMAC conference in the spring of 2005 with participants from Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, and South Carolina. The Joint Staff J-3 Joint Director of Military Support, J. Doms, also participated. The participants in these conferences believe that EMAC is capable of providing most military capabilities needed by states for hurricane disaster relief operations the role of the ngb grew in preparation for guard response to hurricane katrina on august 24th it issued an executive order calling on its joint staff to provide proactive planning and staffing support to states potentially affected by then tropical storm katrina NGB liaison teams, LNOs, were sent to Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. On Wednesday, August twenty fourth, the first teleconference between NORTHCOM, the Joint Staff Guard Headquarters, and FEMA was held to discuss DOD support to Federal authorities. The Joint Operations Center at the NGB geared up as the operations center for Katrina response. The heads of the Army and Air National Guard also used this center for coordination of effort. During Hurricane Katrina preparation and response, the Joint Operations Center provided daily intelligence updates, logs of current operations, daily teleconferences, and coordination with states on logistical assistance, maintained communications with states and other agencies, and coordinated guard aviation assets. On August 25th, the NGB began hosting daily conferences with the operations officers of the Gulf States Adjutant Generals. The adjutant generals reported their preparations to respond and were asked if they needed out of state assistance. Some of them had already contacted or were contacted by other nearby states to arrange for assistance via the EMAC in the form of personnel and equipment that might be needed. On Sunday, August 28th, Reports into NGB by state adjutant generals indicated that 4,444 Army National Guard and 932 Air National Guard in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana were ready to respond. Both General Bennett C. Landronow of Louisiana and Cross of Mississippi requested additional aircraft from EMAC via NGB. Consequently, these requests were considered state-to-state requests for assistance, not federal requests involving FEMA or OSD, even though NGB facilitated the assistance. On Monday, August 29th, NGB noted that 65 Army National Guard aircraft were in position in Florida, Alabama, Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. Louisiana National Guard The Louisiana National Guard is an integral part of managing emergencies in the state. The Adjutant General Landroneau wears two hats as he is head of both the National Guard and the Louisiana Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, LOSEP. The National Guard plays a significant role in emergency command and control because of the dual role of the Adjutant General. Also, many of the personnel who staff the state's EOC are guardsmen. On Friday, August 26th, Blanco authorized the mobilization of 2,000 Louisiana Guardsmen. The next day, Landrenault called an additional 2,000 to active duty. By the end of the day, on Saturday, 3,085 Louisiana National Guard troops had been fully activated. Coordination also began with other states for additional aviation assets for search and rescue and EMAC support if needed. The Louisiana National Guard participated in a number of preparation missions, including law enforcement, traffic control, shelter support and security and securing operations at the Superdome. Many guardsmen were also embedded with state and parish officials and later used their radios to help these officials reestablish some minimal level of communications. Before Katrina hit, guardsmen provided support for general purpose shelters and special needs shelters by providing medical personnel. Alabama National Guard. The Alabama National Guard has 13,200 troops with Army and Air National Guard components falling under its Adjutant General, Major General Mark Bowen. The Adjutant General is also a member of the Governor's Cabinet, but is not dual-hatted as the Emergency Response Coordinator. Although he participates in the state's EOC, Bowen's chain of command is a direct line to the Governor. The Alabama Guard has developed and is organized around mission-oriented joint-force packages i.e. hurricanes, snow, and ice storms. Task forces typically include security forces, engineers, medical, communications, special operations forces, logistics, and a command and control cell. Alabama also has a voluntary state militia that is administered by the National Guard they are used to augment the guard force and have approximately two thousand to three thousand members during the alabama national guards preparation phase which began six days before katrina hit guard assets monitored the storm track and began discussions with the n g b By August 26, Riley ordered 3,000 Alabama National Guard soldiers and airmen to state active duty and requested Secretary of Defense approval of 180 days of military duty. Approval was granted by DOD on September 7 and was retroactive to August 29. Two days before the storm, a National Guard liaison officer was dispatched to the state EOC in Clanton on august twenty eighth two national guard task forces were formed gathered prepositioned supplies food water ice gas from maxwell air force base and equipment including generators fuel trucks and aviation assets guard assets also began deployment to assist mobile and baldwin county emergency management activities mississippi national guard The Mississippi National Guard has 12,041 troops, with Army and Air National Guard components falling under Adjutant Major General Harold A. Cross. The Adjutant General reports directly to the Governor, but is not dual-hatted as the State Emergency Management Officer. Mississippi's emergency response is handled by the State's Emergency Management Agency, MEMA. On August 28, 2005, the Mississippi National Guard alerted state emergency personnel to assemble for hurricane operations on the Mississippi Gulf Coast under Joint Task Force Magnolia. National Guard's special hurricane strike squads were pre-positioned at all three coastal county EOCs. Recommended, but voluntary evacuation of civilians brought bumper-to-bumper traffic along Highway 49 northbound from the Gulf Gulfport to Jackson. By Sunday evening, numerous mandatory evacuation orders were in effect, and Mississippi National Guard soldiers took shelter at Camp Shelby, 62 miles north of the predicted landfall area. These Guard personnel moved south after the storm had passed to begin assisting with response and recovery efforts. End of section 11